A couple of stories broke over the weekend that point to the strangest of all situations with the Roman pontiff. At the very least, a deep discomfort, if not an outright disliking of the faith and of those who love the authentic Catholic religion. That sounds more provocative than I usually say, but I know for the life of me I cannot come up with another reason for the different bizarre things that came out of Francis's mouth this past weekend on a trip to Mozambique. Let's have a look at it, because once you see the statements in question, you'll probably understand why I say that. Our headline for the first story is this. Pope criticizes young traditional priest clothes. Cassock suggests moral problems. That story comes from LifeSite News, and his suggestion that a cassock suggests moral problems in this day and age is an incredible slap to the face of priests who are accused of grotesque moral failings on a daily basis. In short, the context is this. On his trip to Mozambique, Francis was asked by an African Jesuit about how priests can avoid the trap of the big boogeyman of his pontificate, rigidness and clericalism. So terrifying. Francis's response, quoting the LifeSite article directly, quote, Clericalism is a real perversion of the church, he, Francis replied before offering an anecdote about a clerical friend he had in Argentina who once refused to bless some pictures and a rosary proffered by a pious woman. However, the Pope's ire was saved for young priests who wear traditional dress. Clericalism is a direct consequence in rigidity, he said, returning to one of the themes of his pontificate. Have you ever seen young priests all stiff in black cassocks and hats in the shape of the planet Saturn on their heads? Behind all the rigid clericalism, there are serious problems, he continued. I had to intervene to re recently in three dioceses with problems that expressed themselves in these forms of rigidity that concealed moral problems and imbalances. End quote. Okay, hold on for a moment. <laughs> Let's really dissect this. He didn't attack or punish a priest friend of his for refusing to bless the sacramentals of a pious layperson, but then goes on to attack priests who dress like traditional priests as being imbalanced and hiding moral problems. Francis does this. The same pontiff who keeps men like Nighty Knight Tobin and Cardinal Coco Palmero in his inner circle. The man whose closest ally in the U.S. appears to be Cardinal Blaise Supich, friend of this channel. A man who punishes men who defend traditional Catholic morality on the James Martin question, while at the same time promoting men who embrace deviant behavior. This pontiff, who keeps numerous men in his inner circle with these same deviant predilections, and has done so long before his ascendancy to the papacy. He says wearing the traditional garb of the Latin Rite priest is a sign of immorality. And what dioceses did he have to intervene in because of this? That's a terrifying statement in itself, but not one that is surprising. Remember, the modernists really are scared that organically the new crop of seminarians and priests are much more traditional much more interested in saying the traditional Latin Mass, and much more interested in promoting the faith in their homilies than in taking on secular political issues. This frankly scares the modernists because it shows a rejection of the values of the world, and they fear that someday someone will close the windows of the church to the world after they forced them open in 1962. LifeSite had this quote on the subject from 2016 that really shows the animosity displayed towards the young, traditionally-minded priests that God is blessing the church with today. About rigidity and worldliness, it was some time ago that an elderly monsignor of the Curia came to me, who works, a normal man, a good man, in love with Jesus. And he told me that he had gone to buy a couple of shirts at Euroclero, clerical clothing store, and saw a young fellow. He thinks he had not more than 25 years, or a young priest, or about to become a priest, before the mirror, with a cape, 
large wide velvet with a silver chain. He then took the Saturno, the wide-brimmed clerical headgear, and put it on and looked himself over, a rigid and worldly one. And that priest, he is wise, that Monsignor, very wise, was able to overcome the pain with a line of healthy humor and added, and it is said that the church does not allow women priests. Thus does the work that the priest does when he becomes a functionary ends in the ridiculous, always. End quote. Okay, then. That's what he really thinks. That the priest who displays the outward traditional signs of the priesthood is the worldly one. Is the effeminate one. Not the priest who goes on television and tells people that dare we hope that all men are saved. Or that the priest who goes out rapping in front of rolling cameras. Or the priest who won't display any outward signs of his vocation in public order. Not to make people uncomfortable. Or the people or the priest who says masses for the James Martin crowd and advocates for heterodoxy and materialistic issues from the pulpit. Or the priest who defends the indefensible and engages in these grotesque behaviors and is kept in the close proximity of the Pope. No, it's the young priest who finds beauty and symbolism in the Saturno and in the cassock, just so we're clear on this. One of the mysteries of the Francis papacy is that Francis doesn't dress like a Pope beyond the white clerics. Gone are the various regal-looking trappings the pontiffs always wore, a habit that on the surface ended with the resignation of Benedict XVI. I kind of wonder if his disgust, as he termed it, of converts and a priest wearing cassocks and saturnos is all part of the same larger picture, one we've heard before us since March of 2013, when he ascended to the highest office. There is much to be said about the, other, the external, otherwise superficial trappings of the papacy, and their symbolic value in a world that has turned its back on sane governance, public piety, and faith in general. But it is sufficient to say at this time that his assaults on those priests who have the gall to dress like priests is in perfect keeping with his own external projection of the papacy. It's clear that he thinks there's a moral defect in terms of humility among those priests who would dress like priests. But he forgets that the ultimate act of humility is for a priest to wear his clerics in public in this day and age, and especially to wear the cassock, which is an alien outfit for most people in the world today. The hatred of the Catholic priesthood is so virulent in our day and age that to wear the traditional uniform of the Latin Rite priest is to invite scorn and even violence from some in the secular world. That is true bravery and true humility, and it should be our example, and it is one that wins converts to the faith. And that brings us to the second story that broke over the weekend, and frankly, it's worse. Francis apparently felt bitterness when he met people who had converted to the faith. Yes, a Roman pontiff does not think people need to convert to the Catholic faith. Headline, also from LiveSite. Pope Francis says he felt bitterness when introduced to Catholic converts in Africa. All right, then. Time for another story that will make you feel like you need to shower after hearing the essence of it. I'm going to quote Francis's words verbatim. After he was introduced to a young woman who, had been, who he had been warned was slightly fundamentalist in her leanings, that is his characterization, she introduced him to several converts from Anglicanism and Hinduism and other religions. Francis said he felt like he was being sh showing, shown off her trophies instead, you know, instead of inviting young converts to have a once-in-a-lifetime meeting with a pontiff. Here are Francis's words on the subject given to a group of Jesuits in Mozambique. Quote, Today I felt a certain bitterness after meeting with young people. A woman approached me with a young man and a young woman. I was told they were part of a slightly fundamentalist movement. She said to me in perfect Spanish, Your Holiness, I am from South Africa. This boy was a Hindu and converted to Catholicism. This girl was an Anglican and converted to Catholicism. 
but she told me in a triumphant way, as though she were showing off a hunting trophy. I felt uncomfortable and said to her, Madam, evangelization, yes. Proselytism, no. Evangelization is free. Proselytism makes you lose your freedom. Proselytism is incapable of creating a religious path and freedom. It always sees people being subjected in one way or another. In evangelization, the protagonist is God. In proselytism, it is the I. Pope Francis continued by saying that there were many forms of proselytism, and that the one practiced by soccer teams, acquiring fans, is all right, obviously. And then it is clear that there are those forms of proselytism for commerce and business, political parties. Proselytism is widespread, we know that. But it doesn't have to be the case with us. We must evangelize, which is very different from proselytizing. End quote. Okay, then. This woman was used by God to bring people to the only faith that saves, and she did nothing more than what businesses and sports teams do. Seriously. She was compared to a politician, or a marketing agency, or even a soccer team. In fact, he said soccer teams, what they did was okay, but apparently this is not. Francis goes on to say that the true evangelization is to be a witness, and that's certainly part of it. But what good is that witness if people aren't invited into the faith? This attitude sums up much of the fruits of the new evangelization. With Christians expected to keep our faith to ourselves and instead to just act like Christians, whatever that means to the modernist, but not to invite people to explore and consider the faith. That's what it looks like in practice. And it's a real problem. But we've seen the fruits in our parishes, and especially when that attitude is applied to our own families and in our own lives as Catholics, with dwindling mass numbers and dwindling marriages and dwindling baptisms across the board in the West right now. That attitude is poison to the faith. But are we really surprised? The funny thing about this story is that Francis went on to use the that, that off-quoted St. Francis of Assisi quote in his, as an example. You know, that one that people attribute to him that literally not only he never said, but lived in the exact opposite way of. And it's one you've heard, and I've mentioned it here recently. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. It's a saying that no one can literally find any evidence that he ever said prior to the 1990s when it just started appearing in books. Yeah, here we have a Roman pontiff living by them and recommending that his missionary priests live by them as well. That is a catastrophe when you understand the impact that will have on the salvation of souls. Sorry for kicking off the month of October in such a black-pilling way. I suppose it was inevitable. Let me know what you think of this in the comments below. This month, I and others will be devoting a lot of time to covering the news of the Synod as it comes out, so prepare yourselves for a potentially dark month. If it is God's will that this heresy and apostasy be averted at the Synod, then he will intervene. So, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, this may very well be part of a divine chastisement of the likes the church has never seen before. So prepare yourselves accordingly. Pray a rosary and stay close to the sacraments. It is going to be an interesting month. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.